This is the Converge Podcast. We meet at 10.30 every Sunday morning at Heritage Baptist Church in the chapel. This is a group that is geared towards those who are young adults who want to follow Jesus and live the gospel life wherever the journey takes them.
Good morning, Kim Verge. Guys, it is so good to see you. Hey, quickly, one thing before we get started on announcements. If you guys are in at any table on the outside and in the back, I want you to move forward to these first few tables right here so that I can look at you well. So, hey, if you guys are at these tables or those tables in the back, move up to these first four six right here, these six tables in the front two rows. And let's try to fill that space up so that we can have some good conversation. Awesome. Guys, how was your Christmas break? Yeah, it's pretty good. I want two people to tell me something fun that they got for Christmas. Raise your hand if you want to share. What's something you got for Christmas that was really fun? Yes. I got a desk. You got a desk. So <laughs> Emma Shanton with the desk. Very good. Yes. You got what? D &D dice. Some D&D &D dice? That's awesome. Dungeons and Dragons, people. That's awesome. Yep, keep bringing it in. If you guys are just coming in, welcome. You can grab some coffee, some water, and then try to fill in these top six rows here. Well, guys, welcome uh, back. It feels like it's been forever, and ultimately, a lot of the students aren't here until a week or two from now. Uh, but we are still here at Convergent. We're really excited for today. Pastor Dave is going to come and continue our study through the book of Ephesians. But before that, we have a couple of announcements. Uh, the first announcement is that if you guys want to stay up to date with anything Converge related, especially moving into a, next, into a new semester where we will have new events it is important you guys will be up to date. And the primary way of doing that is to text HBC Unverge to 81010. Uh, and then that way we can give you guys those updates in mass. It's a very simple way of us communicating to you guys. Second announcement is if you ever miss a Sunday, you can scan this QR code and you can listen to the Converge podcast. We do have a podcast. If you guys ever get tired of hearing Pastor Dave's voice, uh, which will never, ever, ever happen. Uh, you can just remind yourself how beautiful it is by listening to the podcast. Next announcement is we have small groups here at Converge, and a lot of those will be starting up in the next few weeks. Guys, we have amazing small groups, and here is my charge for you, especially at a church the size of Heritage. Discipleship communities are really good for giving you some general community, but what they cannot do by the way they are built is actually give you really deep community. But what can is small groups. So we desire that you would be involved in main service, this converts discipleship community and a small group. We hope all of you choose to do that. So please pick a small group. We have amazing leaders here in Converge. Most of them are couples. They love Jesus and they want to get to know you and show you uh, just the beauty of Christ through his word in a variety of ways this semester. So please get plugged in that way. Next one is that we are going to start up our proven men and proven women's groups here at the end of January and in early February. If you guys do not know what this is, uh, it is an amazing program that focuses on sexual purity. Uh, specifically, um, it's really for anybody, but we want to specifically focus on the young adult population here uh, at Heritage. This is an issue in, in our, on this issue, and to do it in the con time, better than any time when you are still young to get a handle on this issue, and to do it in the context of community, 
by the power of the Holy Spirit to enable you to walk in freedom for the rest of your life. And so this is an important issue. Uh, if you are a guy in here and you're interested in learning more about that, uh, you can email me at hunter at hbclynchburg.com if you want more information about the program. You can look at provenmen.org. And then if you are a lady, you can email uh, RJ Havel or Rebecca uh, at hbclynchburg.com. That is Pastor Dave's admin assistant, ministry assistant here in Adult Ministries at Heritage, and she would love to give you more information about how you can get plugged into a group. These are entirely anonymous, but they are awesome. I have done Proven three times. I loved it, and every time I did it, I got to know those guys so well. Some of them are really close friends of mine to this very day. Next one is we have our men's conference uh, on April 19th to 21st of this year. If you are a guy in this room, I have a very special announcement for you. As a part of the college or young adult demographic, we are actually going to give you the whole conference for a very large discount. The whole thing will be about $100 if, if you come and talk to me or Pastor Dave to give you a specific code. Guys, there's really no excuse apart from just really important circumstances in your life that you would miss this conference. Uh, this is going to be an amazing opportunity for you as a man uh, in whatever stage of life that you are in to get to know other men in the heritage community, to sit under God's word, and to learn what it means, specifically at this context, to live within the context of Christian community biblically. Our guest speaker is actually Barnabas Piper, who is John Piper's son. He's a pastor at Emmanuel Nashville. Uh, he's an amazing speaker. He's an author, and we're super excited that he's coming. It's also going to be a lot of fun, and me and Pastor Dave are emceeing the entire event, so come on out and have a lot of fun. Next one, and very important, is HBC Hospitality Team. This is going to happen on January 21st. That is, I believe, two Sundays from today. Is that correct? Yes, two Sundays from today. So if you guys have not signed up, we have a sign-up sheet in the back. This is an opportunity for RDC to take control in terms of hospitality at Heritage. Open some door doors, welcome some people, let them know what Heritage is all about, and get hype for people to see that we love them and we love them because Jesus loves them, all right? So guys, sign up if you have uh, the time to do so. It's gonna be a lot of fun. Lastly, the Marshalls are actually currently in Southeast Asia for a trip, and this is a very important trip for them as God has put on their heart a burden for a specific group of people in Southeast Asia. And so what we're gonna do before Pastor Dave comes up is we're just gonna pray at our tables for that family and for other members at Heritage who are there. Brianne, who attends uh, Converge from time to time as well, is also on that trip. And so pray for Brianne, pray for the marshals, pray for the rest of the Southeast Asia trip, and pray that the Lord would make it clear where he wants to send them among the nations for his glory. So go ahead and pray among your tables, and then Pastor Dave will come up, and uh, we will also hand out while you're praying these Journey to Financial Freedom packets. If you are a member at Heritage, you get to take this course for free. And so the best time to get on top of your finances is now when you are young. And Heritage actually does a lot to provide really good stewardship resources for you as a member and attender at Heritage. I'm going to hand these out. If you guys are interested, grab one. Uh, but let's pray around our tables for the Southeast Asia trip.
Father, we are so grateful to be uh, in this place today, to be able to, to meet with those who love you, to meet around your word and to, uh, to read about those things that you have uh, done already, some in um, eternity past, to uh, give us the opportunity to have a relationship with you. Um, Father, we are grateful for your word that you have chosen to reveal yourself through. And so as we spend our time in, um, in your word today, I pray that you would shape us to be more like Jesus. You would unify us together as we seek to pursue you. Father, as we have spent time praying for uh, our Southeast Asia team, um, and specifically for Josh and Christina Marshall as they are participating there and, and seeking uh, wisdom from you as to how you might direct their uh, family in ministry in the future. Father, I pray that you would um, be at work in, in them and be at work through them as they make contacts uh, with people of the country where they are uh, for those that are long-term workers there, but also for follow-up even this week as they um, get to visit with people that they have met. Father, I pray that you would um, that you would give Josh and Christina such clarity in how you are directing their lives, that they would know um, what next steps you would have for them. Um, I pray that you would give them a great peace about um, what you're doing now and the time that it might take to get to where they uh, want to be and, and desire to be. Father, I pray that you would just generally um, be close to them and draw them um, into a closer relationship with you, uh, understanding that they get to model what you have done in their lives to change them even now as they get to participate in Converge with us and in this community in Lynchburg. Father, would you, um, would you be pleased to show us something about yourself and your son through your word uh, today and make us to be more like him. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, I want to double down a little bit on what Hunter said. He handed out these uh, flyers to you. Um, there are some really great opportunities, and if you um, feel like you have your finances in order because you don't have any finances, um, then I get, I get you, right? I get that. Uh, now is a great time, though, like Hunter was saying, to get some of the, the pieces of the puzzle in place to set you up for, um, for handling those finances well as you um, finish up school or grow in your career and you do have finances to handle, um, that you've got the rhythms in place to get some... Um, to honor God with what he has given you. Because that's really what, um, what we're talking about with financial stewardship, right? That God gives gracious gifts for you to steward, to use for his honor and glory. And so getting, um, getting that settled is really great. So some of the things that um, may just not jump off the page but that, that you might want to look into is um, that Ramsey Plus membership is free for anybody um, who 
is a member, I think, of Hare University is what it used to be called, or I guess it's still called that, but it's within that umbrella. So it just helps you to understand finances, both using them now well and investing them in the future. But also, um, there, there's a class, too, on Wednesday nights if you want to be a part of that. The Financial Planning Ministries is um, setting up things for the future, which may seem really distant, but it's simpler now um, to do it than, than to wait till you have, you know, all kinds of stuff to figure out. So, uh, like properties and and whatever, right? So, um, look into it if you if you are interested. Now really is a great time for that uh, to to get settled, um, guys. We've been in the book of Ephesians now for we're going on um, like four or five months, uh, and we've only made it to halfway point. Do you realize that we've been taking long looks, deep looks at um, Ephesians chapter one, chapters one through three. And, and so we've seen things like how God has worked in the past to call you to holiness. We have seen how he's adopted you. We've seen how he has sealed you with his Holy Spirit. We've read uh, most recently from Paul's prayer in Ephesians chapter three, what he longs for people to know about their identity, about who they are because of the work of Jesus. And so just for that, just to, um, just to prep us for moving into chapter 4, I'm just going to read what Paul writes in Ephesians 3, 14 through 21. For this reason, I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all we ask or think, according to this power at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. So he wraps up the first half of Ephesians with this, um, this rich display of what Christ has done and his longing for us to live in that identity of the love that has been um, demonstrated to us and that, that we would then demonstrate to others. And so the second half of Ephesians goes into what do we do with this identity that's been laid out in such detail through Ephesians 1 through 3? What do we then do? And this isn't, this isn't uncommon with Paul, right? To kind of lay this groundwork of, of who you are. What's the truth? What's the truth that you need to know? And to, and to spend a lot of time in it, to shape it, to express it in different ways, to give you such incredible pictures of what he's trying to get us to understand about who we are and what Christ has done for us, that he, he takes this long time and detail to tell us. And then he turns the corner, turns the page and says, okay, so what do you do with it? Right? And so that's the point that we're at. 
as we turn the page on the calendar, as we come back to our study in, um, in Ephesians, is we're turning the page from, from the core truth that you need to know to how your life should then reflect it. Okay? And we're going to spend time today just in the first part of Ephesians chapter 4, verses 1 through 16. We're going to take this month, and through all of January, we'll be in Ephesians chapter 4. Today, we're going to talk through verses 1 through 16. Next week, we'll have um, some really great discussion around how to actually practically work that out. Um, Then on the 21st, we're going to take the next section of Ephesians chapter 4, uh, and we're going to do both at the same time, or not at the same time, but in the same Sunday. We're going to discuss it, and then we're going to teach it, and then discuss it. And then on the 28th, we're going to teach the last part and then discuss it. So it'll be interactive on those, uh, on each day, but in different kinds of, of ways. And we want to give some space for people who are coming and going um, in this month as people transition into what the semester holds for them um, to make sure that they're catching everything that, that we've got going on and that we don't, you know, throw people a curveball by saying, hey, discuss what you didn't hear last week, right? It's awkward. So we're going to, um, that's how we've divided up chapter 4, and uh, we're going to spend our time today in Ephesians 4, 1 through 16. What I'm going to do, though, is that I'm going to have you guys help me to break down this passage, okay? Um, I'm going to read it, and then I'm going to give you guys some assignments, okay? I'm clear lines, specific things that I want you to get. I'm not just going to be like, okay, now discuss these 16 verses. We're going to talk about some specific things that I want you to do, and then we'll bring it back and talk some more, and then we'll, then we'll interact with it um, in some additional ways, Okay. So Ephesians chapter 4, verses 1 through 16. I therefore, okay, we know this is Paul, right? I therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you've been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called to the one hope that belongs to your call. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. But grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore, it says, when he ascended on high, he led a host of captives, and he gave gifts to men. In saying he ascended, what does it mean but that he had also descended into the lower regions of the earth, or the lower regions, the earth? He who descended is the one who also ascended far above all the heavens, that he might fill all things. And he gave apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds and teachers, to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ, until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes, 
Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body, joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. Right? We're quickly turning the page, right, from what we're supposed to know to how we're supposed to live. This is what I want you guys to do at your tables. First step. I want you to take these 16 verses, and I want you to break it down into sections. Okay? Paul has arguments that he's saying here. This is one big, long paragraph uh, with a quote in the middle. Um, It's one big, long paragraph, but I want you to break it down into sections, okay? It has to be more than one. Fair? He's already done one. I want you to break it down in sections. It has to be more than one, no more than five. Not 16, okay? There's 16 verses. I don't... You have, to, you have to engage with the text. So break it down into sections, more than one, not more than five, and I want you to do this as the second step. I want you to write down all the questions that come up as to what the text is actually saying, okay? And that's it. That's it. Those two things, I'm going to give you about 10 minutes or so to do that, um, and then we're going we're to interact about uh, how you broke down the text and what questions you have, okay? So... Ready, set, go.
expect that uh, there's lots more conversation to be had, and, um, and you know, I'm glad of that, right? We've, we've, we're looking at some parts of Scripture that are going to bring up some questions, okay? There, there should be questions. If that was uh, not something you got to in, in its fullest sense, then, um, you know, you'll probably see some come up as we read through stuff. You'll ask this question. Feel free at any point to interrupt and ask your question, okay? Um, but what I want us to do as we're having this time at the tables is that God has, I want you to understand that God has given you his word not just to be <clears throat> taught from the front, right, and then go and apply, but that also what you have is, is the Holy Spirit inside of you to, um, to allow him to enlighten your heart to what God has given you in his word. Okay, and so as a collective, we are working through that um, somewhat at the tables today. Uh, there is a truth in this very passage of Scripture, too, though, about the role of the pastor and teacher who helps to, to guide and, and shape the people of God to go and do the work of the ministry. And so I don't want to minimize that either, but um, just to let you know where we're coming from with that a little bit today. So my first question to you was, um, how would you divide this section of scripture down from 16 verses into some kind of system. So I'm wondering um, who, who stopped with two sections? Anybody? Anybody stop with two sections? No? Three? Three? Okay. We got a couple of tables with three. How, um, how did you guys divide it? Where are the dividing points? This table. Okay, so right here before 7. And I think like 7 through 11 is nothing. Through 11, so change it 12? Yeah. Okay. And then, yeah, that was your 3. Okay, great. How about this table? Okay. Okay, you kept seven together. Okay, we're going to change color for you. Okay? Eight through 13. And, okay? 14 through 16. Okay, great. How about here? Okay. Okay, one through six, so you're here, okay, and then seven through 14, and you changed it 15? Okay, so a little, little uh, difference of opinion among just the groups that have three, and then we've got groups that went for more, right? How many, who had four? Four sections? Four back there, okay, and five right here, okay, jump to five, good, and I didn't allow more than five, so that was the limit. If you went more than five... You didn't listen. No, it's not. 16 is not okay. Okay. Um, so rather than muddle this up with, with all the different um, colors that we could to say, okay, how did each group divide it up? I think the, the next thing we really want to do is say, okay, part of breaking it into these into groups is to get some kind of core idea, right, that's in each of those sections. And so um, what were some of the big points that you think Paul is trying to get across? So 
Yeah, sure. Okay. Okay. Yeah, it talks about ears making the ear and the bottom of the ease, but then from verse four to six, it talks about how Jordan was in baptism. This starts to work out a little bit. Okay, so, okay, you're talking about the unity or the part, or the God part? Which, which, the core part? Kind of like, well, yes, because there's unity in God. So there's one. Okay, so one Lord, one God, one Father. Yeah. Okay. I didn't mean to mark through the children part, but I got it. Um, good. Yeah. So there, you're picking some of the different um, highlights through those passages. If we were to condense that into uh, four, for instance, um, w- would you lump something together there? Do you see something that's that that's linked together that maybe was divided by this uh, by the group down here that you said no? I think I think really this is one core thought. Here, anything stand out? It's okay if it doesn't stand out right away. We're stretching some muscles here, right? It's okay if it's not totally smooth all the way. Okay, well, I'm gonna I, I'm gonna share with you my divisions, okay? And and then from there, because I am the one that gets to stand up here, we'll work with those, okay? Is that, is that fair? Can we do that? Okay, I, I, I like three, okay? So I'm going to take all this away, and we're going to get three up here, close to what some of you guys did, not exactly the same, but, um, but close, okay? So I like uh, one through six, then um, seven through 10, and then 11 to 16, okay? So that, whoops, um, so that's where, that's where I divide it up. And so I'll, I'll give you kind of the core of those three and why I, why I limited it to that. Um, although you could definitely break it down even farther, okay? Um, the first section talks about um, the call to walking worthy specifically in unity of the body, Okay. Um, that we need to, as a result of what has been presented, the therefore, the therefore in this case comes off of chapters one through three, which says essentially what Christ has done and therefore who you are. Okay, so therefore, based on these things, this truth, I, Paul, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you've been called. So step up to the plate. Walk worthy of the calling with which you've been called. And then he elaborates on what that is supposed to look like, okay? That, um, that it's in unity with humility, patience, 
bearing with one another, and we can, we can get into this time, if time allows, or next week, on what those different um, words should elicit in our behavior, but uh, that humility, gentleness, patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace, and then he talks about just what that unity, how, how pervasive the idea of unity should be, because we're one body. Not only that, we're all in one spirit, and you have one hope, and there's one Lord that we serve, and there's one faith, one body of truth of this. There's one baptism. That one might feel dicey, but there's one baptism, one God and Father of all, who's over all, through all, in all. There, this, there's a lot of ones here, right? One this, one that, one, one of all these things. And then he turns to say that in all this unity, there should be diversity. There is. It, it exists. There is diversity. So that's what verse 7 starts off saying, okay? And 7 gets us into this idea, and it could, you could kind of link some of that diversity of the next part into 7 through 10, because the bulk of that section is this um, digression of why Paul can say what he's saying, okay? Which is kudos to you for finding that that quote is from Psalm 68. It's a good question to ask and get answered. Um, but Paul says, grace has been given to each one of us. Okay? So prior to verse 7, there's one this, one that, one of all of this, one body. We need to be unified. You need to eagerly pursue unity. And then he says, but each of you, which immediately brings up diversity. Because now, singularly, each of us has been given grace according to the measure of Christ's gift, which says that we don't all get the same thing, same amount, same stuff, right? That we've each been given grace, each been given gracious gifts, but according to the measure of Christ's gift. And he, and he says this based on this quote from Psalm 68, 18, um, which I think is really intriguing. Okay, I'm getting into answering questions that we haven't even asked yet. But, um, but I think it's really intriguing that Paul says, therefore it says. Think through the semantics of this with me real quick. That Paul says this truth that exists because of what Christ has done, this is why the psalm says this. But the psalm was written back here. Therefore, it says, Paul is confidently expressing to us that what God has given us in this particular psalm was also, in addition to what it's saying in Psalm 68, that it's, it's looking forward to what Christ will do. So much so that God has used his word in the Old Testament to elaborate on what Christ has done here at this point in time. And he says, uh, when he ascended on high, he led a host of captives and he gave gifts to men. Now, did you actually go look at Psalm 68, 18? Yes. 
Is it a direct quotation? Oh, oh, wait. And did what? And received a gift from one of Is that a direct quote? <laughs> All right. Can one, one more time for the people in the back read it real loud what this verse says? And receiving gifts among men. Okay? So, Paul knowing that Christ doesn't need the spoils of war, but yet the spoils of war, the spoils of this victory are given back to those that, he, that are following him. Paul rewords this, and, and there is some reason to also in the Old Testament um, to say this too, but he, that he gives gifts to men. So these Spoils of victory are then returned back to people to be used in following Christ, okay? But just to note, it is actually is an intriguing, not quite perfect uh, quotation here. So it then says, in saying ascended, okay, now this verses 9 and 10 are Paul's evidence as to why he's applying this to Jesus and what, he's, what Jesus has accomplished on your behalf. Paul says, okay, in saying he ascended, doesn't that mean he also descended into the lower regions, the earth, that he, if, if he went up, he had to come down first, right? And so he who descended is the one who also ascended far above all heavens that he might fill all things. This is Jesus, who in his victorious descension, crucifixion, ascension, resurrection, ascension, Jesus has accomplished this so that he can give these good, gracious gifts to you in measure as he determines. And so then, that's, so that's this little kind of digression that, that Jesus gives these gifts in diversity. So there's unity, there's diversity within that unity. And that diversity needs to be celebrated because in the last section, as I break it down, 11 to 16... He says how this diversity actually builds us up in unity. You see this? That he gave apostles, prophets, evangelists, shepherds, and teachers to equip the saints for the work of the ministry, for the building up of the body of Christ. So they, this is sort of a progression, one depending on the other. To build up, to equip the saints for the work of the ministry so that, you could say, for building up the body of Christ so that we will attain the unity of the faith of, and of the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood. This is the same body imagery that Paul uses in other parts of Scripture. Without all of the, but what if an eye says to the foot that I have no need of you, right? That, that part's not there. But, but it's the same body imagery that says we are all different parts of the same unified body. And that when all the parts of the body joined and held together by every joint which is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. So there is unity, and we should passionately pursue that unity. Within that unity, though, there is a beautiful diversity, a necessary diversity, a diversity that doesn't estrange us, 
but unifies us even more so that we are doing the work of the ministry together. Um, there's lots more to be said, but I haven't given you a chance to ask your questions that you developed as a table, and I still have one more task that I want to give you. So, too much for too little time. What questions did you come to when you were discussing this? Anybody have a question that either hasn't been answered or, um, or we can elaborate on more? Or did we not get to question stage? It's okay if we didn't. I didn't give you enough time, probably. One baptism. One baptism. Yeah, too big of a question. We're not. Got, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, so, a couple of things. One is that there's both the physical uh, water baptism and then there's a spiritual baptism into the body of Christ, Holy Spirit baptizing us into the body of Christ. Um, I, th I don't think it's really easy to separate the two, to decide which it is and which it isn't. Um, I think that contextually, uh, what Paul is talking about is a creedal baptism, meaning that you are making a statement, very much like Jared Glover, who is from Converge this morning, stated in the church, right, before he was baptized, that he was stating it creedally that this is what I believe and I declare that I'm going to follow Jesus. Contextually, it would, it would seem to me that a growing church plant of new believers would have to be not long, you know, baptized as infants and brought up into something another version of baptism, but that it's a creedal baptism. Mode of sprinkling, dunking, that would be unclear here. But, but that, it's, that it's based on creed, that this is a believer's baptism we're talking, talking about, that there's one, there's one baptism, it's, it's a, but also there is one singular baptism of the Holy Spirit into the body of Christ, one body, one baptism into that body, and that, that that's... Um, very much a part of what we're saying here. I, I have a quote um, from F.F. F. Bruce, who's a commentator on this passage, that kind of was a gut punch to me because I was really trying, this was one of the big questions I had as I was asking, so what baptism are we talking about here, right? Because we're Baptists, baptism is big. We need to answer this question. F.F. Um, F. Bruce in his commentary says, as for one baptism, it is beside the point to ask whether it is baptism in water or baptism of the Spirit. Okay, just cut my knees out from under me, right? It's beside the point. It is Christian baptism, baptism into the name of the Lord Jesus, which indeed involved the application of water. Okay, creedal, it, it's creedal, we're, we're announcing to those around us, which indeed involved the application of water as John's baptism had done, but... As, it is as its inauguration on the day of Pentecost indicates, was closely associated with the gift of the Spirit. So he says, disregard the, the whole question. We're talking about sort of it as a package deal, so to speak. Which brings me, speaking of digressions, that I think it was really special if you were able to be in the service this morning to hear Jared's discussion of how God had 
worked in him, his testimony of how God had, had worked in him from a place of um, lightweight churchiness, right? To personally draw him to himself, to draw Jared to himself, and to then passionately uh, or develop Jared into a passionately uh, following believer. And so as, as you may find yourself in similar questions, what did this mean when I was a kid? What did I really know what I should have known before I was baptized? Does, does baptism as an infant in a church that I no longer attend make a difference today? Like, as you have questions, I thought that the way Jared articulated that God graciously walked him through understanding of God and submission to God was really, really beautiful, and that God will graciously walk you through answering some of those questions as well, if you have your, have your own questions. Speaking of, were there any other questions on this passage? Yeah, um, I think that it is spiritual gifts. I think that um, uh, that there are many other ways that diversity is shown within uh, unity, like uh, personality differences or preferences of different things. I think what we're talking about here is spiritual gifts, and part of it is uh, evidenced by the fact that some of those gifts are apostles, prophets, evangelists, shepherds, and teachers, um, but that there are multiple other ways to serve and that those are brought about partly by the work of the apostles, prophets, evangelists, shepherds, teachers to equip the saints for the work of the ministry, um, but, then they're, but then they're employed to build up the body of Christ until we attain to the unity of the faith, that, so that each of us whether we feel like we have a big public gift or something that is more subdued and background and serving uh, in some kind of way, that without all of the parts working together, this doesn't get accomplished. And so you know, one of the questions you might have is, well, so how do I, how do I identify what I'm supposed to be doing? Um, and I think the question that that needs to be answered is, um, what, are you, what are you doing to figure that out? Because uh, the best, there are, there are actual like questionnaires that people have developed to try to identify passions and um, uh, ways that you are just naturally inclined to be involved. Um, and those can be helpful. They can also be disorienting if you do like more than one and it says you're this on this one and this on this one because you answered a question different or you know whatever right um it, they also 
rarely can be uh, exhaustive, like a full version of it. So you kind of get pegged into saying, I have the spiritual gift of helps, whatever, you know, whatever that means. Um, and so I'm not, I'm not persuading you away from those. In fact, I did two of them last night just to be able to come in and say, you know, what, what that was like. I did two in, well, that, I guess that tells you. If I did two in like 20 minutes, then how exhaustive can it be? I don't know. Investigate what the way that God has wired you through the gracious gift of Jesus in the measure of Christ's gift to you is to go and serve. To, to get involved. Because it's, if you, it's, a, it's a lot like um, people who want to go overseas in global ministry, missions work, to, to say, I can't wait to get to whatever country it's going to be and start sharing the gospel. Like you, you, that should be part of who you are, right? That should be part, that you're actually going to be involved in this gift right here, uh, evangelist. Whoa, my evangelist. That that's part of who you are to build up, to bring together, to gather a body together so that then there is a group of people for shepherds and teachers to train up, to do. Um, and that if you're not already involved in that, then, you, then, then it's unlikely that that transition is going to bring about this revolutionary change in your life to then be involved when you get there. Similarly, in practice of spiritual gifts, like if, if you don't ever go and serve in a place where, like, like a nursery, for instance, and you, and you don't ever go find out that, you know what, what other people are disgusted by is something that enlivens you to just serve those who are vulnerable, right? Um, to, to actually awaken yourself to the reality that you serving in, in a child care scenario isn't, it's so multifaceted, that, that you get to introduce children to Jesus, knowing that many people who follow Jesus are introduced to him at a young age, so that you're playing this vital role in, in either introducing or building up the foundation that they have in Jesus, but that if you can get past that and also see that you're serving their parents who spend a lot of days with their kids and maybe just need an hour to go and worship God undistracted from, they love their kids. I, I'm not really speaking from experience, but it might sound like it. They love their kids, but that they, they can't always unplug from their kids to serve and worship the Lord in a way that, that really uh, brings fulfillment, maybe, I guess, in that there, you can because, you're, because your God is gracious, but it's, it's different when you know that your kids are cared for. So, so not only are you laying a foundation for the kid, but you're also serving the body by letting the parents go and serve and worship as well. That's just one example, okay? I'm not advocating for kids' ministry right now. I, I can advocate, here, here's a very practical one. I can advocate for the hospitality team that we're doing in a couple of weeks. If, if you don't ever go and participate in hospitality and realize that being a welcoming face 
to a brand new visitor at Heritage might be the clincher to have them just open up to what God might do in their lives. That seems like so far-fetched, doesn't it? Does it feel like I'm kind of building that out of, out of proportion to say a, a welcome face at the door might actually allow them to let their guard down for the work of the Holy Spirit in their lives? I don't think that's too far-fetched. And so if you don't ever go and do that, you might not ever witness the opportunity and see the, the way that God has developed in you the ability to break down those walls. And so go Google spiritual gift assessments if you've never done it and do three, four, five of them. I don't know. See where, what's common across them. And I, and I don't mean that to be demeaning. Okay, like you should do that. It's interesting, and you'll find out what what sparks your interest. But also, get plugged in somewhere. Get plugged in somewhere, and then if you see people getting plugged in somewhere, affirm what you're seeing in them. That's part of the body work too. That if I if I watch Hunter, because I have to watch Hunter a lot. Okay. <laughs> If I watch Hunter and I see that he has a, a way to lower people's defenses and just engage them in conversation, and I don't ever tell him, hey, brother, God is working in you in that. Use it. I'm not doing my part so that every joint which is, with which it is equipped Every joint working properly to build each other up, to build us up corporately as um, the body build itself up in love. So when, when people are stepping out into that, then look for opportunities to affirm each other in that or call each other out. Like, I really don't think that child care is for you. You get stressed out when you walk in the room. Like, that's fair, okay, for some people. Not everybody. Somebody has to do it. Affirm and speak the truth in love, right? It's right here, uh, somewhere. Um, 15. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we're to grow up. Grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ. Speak the truth in love. Um, we're way over time. Let me finish up um, with prayer and the good news is we're going to come back next week and tease out some of these things a little bit more, okay? Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for your gracious gift of Jesus. Jesus, thank you for graciously measuring out gifts to us in your grace so that we too may be used within the body all joined together, building each other up, encouraging one another, calling each other out when needed. And Father, building us up into the unity and the mature image of Jesus that you want us to have. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, we'll be back next week to talk more about Ephesians 4.
Thank you for listening to the podcast. If you would like to get plugged into a small group, just text HB Converge to 81010 and you will get the text reminders for all the small groups. If you have any questions, just respond to one of those text reminders and it will go to our leadership team and they will be able to respond to you directly.